Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby blog, I am Cammie Black. Um, joining me, fresh from our live pod at the week, I say fresh, from... <laughs> we've, got, we've got John Anderson, good evening John. Uh, good evening Cammie, yeah, I was fresh as a daisy, it was all good. Yeah, and uh, not so fresh, we've got Craig Manson, good evening Craig. Good evening all, how are we doing? I am. Um, I missed. I missed the. I missed the live pod at the weekend because, um, unfortunately, um, my youngest had uh, COVID, so I couldn't try make the the journey. But, but from what I saw and what I heard, a, a roaring success, John. Yes, it was. It was a great day had by all. Um, by obviously, big thanks to Porty for welcoming us in, and uh, we've done our best to to give them a wee bit of entertainment. And uh, yeah, and it was quite funny. You know, there was a moment where we were all sitting there going, "Does this mean we're all in a rugby club?" At the same time, does have we crossed the threshold of a rugby club? Therefore, some criticism may not be may not be applicable anymore. Yeah. Um. The boat race, though, I want to talk about this. <laughs> I was let down. What? I couldn't believe it. You were it. let down badly. What was the thinking? Because the plan for the boat race is I was going to commentate and I was hoping to do some pre and post match <clears throat> reactions, but um, obviously I wasn't there to do that. So I want to, I want to kind of pick this apart now, just to just to the delay the inevitable of nothing else. Um, <laughs> John, were you were you there? Were you captain? Uh, yes, loosely. I mean, you, was, who made the decision? Well, what, what, who made the decision about the order in which you went? You know, I think Cameron, the decision was made by our good friend tenants, because <laughs> it has to be said that that boat race took place quite late on in the day, and we we were doing a running tally, and we were on a second hand comfortably by the second half of the early game, so. I think tenants played a part in determining who went first and last. There wasn't much strategy there by that point. Yeah, but that, this way, look, and you, so you went with tenants as well. No, 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 it was, no, it was, no, no. See, that's the doubt. We were. I think I would have done better with tenants to be fair, especially if it had been one of the early ones, Craig, which we had to like jab into life. I think we'd have been fine with that. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to slander Porty's. Uh, um... Uh, no, beer, you know, it was, beer, it, beer serving. Uh, it ability, was a great day, but... but there was a couple that could have had. Like I've seen, I've seen more life, um, in a lot of different things. Actually, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the most. It wasn't the fizziest of lager well, beers. All I remember is, I st- I, I, first of all, it was like what you have having. Like I said, well, I'm having the best, obviously, because that's the one that's going to go down a bit, go down easiest. And then I started setting the chairs out for the boat race, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting. I, 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 I look down and there's only one chair left and I'm the one right at the back. So I mean, <laughs> this is okay, the big floor right that you put Ian and Craig at the back of the boat race. Now I would so, have thought that you you start with your you start at a canter and I mean, you get a good head did of you see what those animals were doing beside us? Though if we'd started at a canter, we would have got dropped four one. At least I managed to get one on the board. <laughs> and then I'd, I had a complaint on Twitter. From Porty themselves saying yes. that Craig, Craig, you and Ian got up without even finishing your drinks. Well, the situation was uh, both Ian and I were absolutely flabbergasted at how <laughs> badly Johnny McGinty was drinking his pint. It was like he was having a Sunday afternoon lunch in the pub, <laughs> in the pub and he was in the middle of eating his eating his uh, his steak pie as well as drinking his <laughs> drinking his beer. 
So we kind of got up and went, well, there's absolutely no use in wasting this beer by downing it when when the, the game was over and done with before, before John even finished. So I then promptly sat down back into a wee culvert that we had, um, a lovely little seat with a lovely nice, wee nice TV seat. all there for us. It was great. Nice corner. Yep. And then all of a sudden I got, I was absolutely, um, what's the word? Torn asunder by the Porty Boys saying, <laughs> you, need to, you, need, you need to down that pint, how dare you? And then I made a rookie mistake. And yes, you did. Um, yeah, and uh, I buffaloed the uh, the wrong the, the, the pint, which then all of a sudden another pint arrived saying, well, you, you're going to have to sort that out and drink it with the right hand. <laughs> would, would you like to just tell the listeners and viewers yeah. who it was that grashed you in? Because uh, snitches get stitches, Craig. Who grashed well, you I'm, in about buffaloing well, the pint? Well, that, well, it's obviously going to be Johnny McGinty, but I actually thought it was you. I thought it was, it was you first. It was, it was, it was McGinty. It was a hundred percent McGinty. Yeah. Uh, although it was me advocating for a second pint as punishment, so yeah. And to be perfectly honest, those two pints went down. So and they went down quick. So you did. You've done you a good know. job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just showing. Did you redeem yourselves in the quiz at least? So the. Higher or lower was a podcast. That was win. Us. We won, yeah. And the quiz, a table from Porty won the quiz. Now, Johnny will tell you this story, I'm sure, when he comes on. There's accusations, wild accusations, that there was, I don't know, answers getting passed to a table uh, that may or may not have won the quiz in the end up. How would you pass some of those questions? How did you pass answers for those questions I came up with? Well, I was in charge, uh, wasn't I? Well, to be perfectly honest, that you get, you put the wrong person in charge for that piece, and he was too busy talking to people that he quite liked and started talking to them and showing them the answers. That is what the accusations were. And to be perfectly <laughs> honest, they're not accusations. It's fact. completely false, fake news, completely fact. unfounded. Did the did the table was the table that won a ladies' table, Craig? Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't like to throw around um, accusations or, or or fake fake news, but yes, I feel like I'm being thrown. <laughs> well, listen, here. <laughs> it, well, the, it was the first time we've done anything like that, and and clearly it went down a storm at Porty, and you know um, we've had feedback that Porty really enjoyed themselves. If you have a rugby club and you want us to come um, internationals, I think it probably work best during an international window. Give mm. a shout. Quite happily come and host today, do some quizzes, some fun and games. Um, uh, down at your rugby club, um, so drop us a line if you're interested in that. Um, you can watch us though every week live on YouTube. Um, although we won't be in your in physically with you, we are there virtually uh, on YouTube, <laughs> Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, you can also download the podcast on audio format afterwards um, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can get your podcasts. And we've got Patreon to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, where for £3 a month, you get a bonus weekly episode as well. This week on the podcast, we're doing two episodes this week for the main pod and the bonus Patreon as always. So this episode we're doing today, we're going to be reviewing the um, men's Six Nations. The episode we're recording tomorrow and will be live tomorrow. Um, we are previewing the women's Six Nations. Uh, so we will have, we hopefully have a, a special guest for that. Um, that Craig has arranged, so we're very excited about that. Let's have have an actual have two experts on women's rugby or one and a half. Craig, I'll, I'll count you as a half. 
Yeah, I was going to say I would be more more comfortable with a half or maybe a quarter. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the, we we wanted to kind of give we could have done it in the same pod, but it felt right to give the <clears throat> women's Six Nations its own space and time to talk about it. Um, and also, there's a lot to talk about, as always. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. shall we start with the Swally Six? <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to always come back to the Swally Six. So yes, that seems. Uh, I think because that seems like a reasonable starting point. So this came out on the Friday after we'd recorded the podcast on BBC that six players from Scotland had left the team hotel after the early game when they were back in Edinburgh and gone to a gone for a drink. We we know I think because people saw them there. It was the Why Not Nightclub in Edinburgh, which from the reviews I read today. I, I can tell you why not. Just read the TripAdvisor reviews of it. Um, <laughs> no accounting so, for taste, Cam. Yeah, clearly. Um, so six players went out. They were na- then they were all dis- subsequently disciplined. We had uh, Stuart Hogg, Finn Russell, Darcy Graham, Sione Tiopolotu, Sam Johnson, and I feel like Ali Price. And Ali Price. The there's been a the leak story is right, and we. We this is this is uh this circulated on social media that more players the rumor is more players were going to go out but were dissuaded from doing so and some decided to go out anyway. Two of the players stayed out very late in the evening, um, and one of the players allegedly did not then turn up for the training the following day. However, we can't verify any of that. Nothing more. Other stories come out, but it's not. Even if it's just the fact that you're captain and see, I've sent you know, and and two senior players. If we say, if we count Ali Price and Finn Russell as, as within the senior leadership group, Craig have gone out in defi- either they've misunderstood the. We don't know whether they've misunderstood what they've been told, whether they broke some sort of team protocol that they clearly should have known, whether or not they just fancied a beer, thought they could go for one, and then found out they couldn't later on the telephone and were disciplined for it. We don't know exactly what's happened, but it's not a great... The confusion itself is not a great look. No, and, and you know, this is... The thing is, though, I, I, I find it very, very difficult to say they were confused because as far as I'm aware, um, the the captain and the leadership group set the rules um and or at least are in the conversation with the with with the SRU and with the with the uh, coaching staff so as far as i'm concerned i don't think there's any confusion i think you know and this is personal view and 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 i'll i, I will stand up here and say i was wrong if it, if we find out ever any more information but as far as i'm concerned to to go i think it's been a ah, let's just do it um and I, and <clears throat> I, I'm. It's not that I'm on the fence. I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to to try and defend them in any way. What I, what there's two. You know, I think it's especially with the Hamish Watson issue that we ha- that we had with him catching catching COVID, and then um, and then not being able to play against Italy. Now, okay, it wasn't against, It was against Italy, and then there was new blood going to be bloodied. Hopefully, at that point in time, and this, that, and the other, but. Um, Still, if we, you know, if our, if if those six had gone out and any more, and three or three or four of them caught COVID, maybe we may have got a better result. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's 
it's it's that's the reason these things are in place. On the other side of things, I do seem to think that that the coaching staff and the leadership group and the SRU are getting the camps slightly wrong. And a lot and there it doesn't seem to be a happy place to be at this moment in time. And I think it's looking more like Eddie Jones's England than it is um uh, uh Ireland's Ireland seem to be having a lot more fun than the than Scotland and England at the moment. So and France as well. So I, I that's the the kind of juxtaposition for me. I've talked a lot there, sorry. But No, 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 no. It's it's all it's all coming. I mean, I think that the, the Stuart Hogg thing is worrying for me. John, because I think the attitude in not just the Ireland press conference but the Wales press conference as well, you know, you, you, it's it's there, it's on YouTube. The way that he spoke to the Scottish rugby union media rep when he thought he was on mute was really. I know they just lost a game of rugby, but it's it was kind of bored. It was completely unacceptable the way he spoke to him. And then when he left the press conference against Ireland, he muttered under his breath, I'll, I'll not miss this. And by all accounts, was very short with the journalists who were there to ask legitimate questions. That's the job. I mean, they're not doing the job if they're not going to ask about why were you in a pub? or you know, And, and the fact that the SOU tried to tell people we're not going to answer questions about that. Well, that's like a red route to a bull with any journalist, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... We've all, we're, right, so we've all been part of those conversations with the SRU and it's often quite funny to see what they try to control and what they try you know what they 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 still have zero concept of you cannot control everything and if you put you know the deed was done right your captain has went out in the lash for whatever reason with his mates midway through a tournament of course you're going to get questions on it i think I would go a step further and say, actually, I think, and there's comments on this, but I think Stuart Hogg, I've mentioned this a few times, I don't think he looks terribly happy like in, his, in anything he's doing just now. Um, even when he's at Exeter, he doesn't look like he's comfortable. Um, Finn Russell, uh, for Scotland, has not looked comfortable. I wonder, if, again, I wonder if there's wider issues. I think the camp doesn't look like a great place to be. I was reading today... Now, again, not to justify the behaviour in the slightest, but I was reading today, and again, completely unsubstantiated, but may or may not be the case, uh, it was Ali Price's 50th cap against Italy, and there, there was rumours that it wasn't marked in the usual 50 cap way, and that that may have contributed to the guys, all of whom are former former Warriors, with the exception of Darcy Graham, or, or current Warriors, may have contributed to them saying, well, let's go and go and do this properly because it's your 50th cap. If that's the case, that I, I just think, again, we talked about this first time round with Finn Russellgate yet again. The communication between management, communication between players, but ultimately the, the, the comms coming out to the fans, there has to be a transparency here with this to, to, to come out and say they've been internally disciplined it just doesn't cut it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's it, isn't it? It's the the story. Then is well, if it's a misunderstanding about what team protocols are, then why have they been disciplined? Yep. Yeah. If it's not a misunderstanding and it's a breach of team protocol, it's a breach of team protocol. In which case, you've got serious issues in camp. And the fact that I mean, Brody Duncan's on YouTube with a comment saying, 
know, it's not a good look that this was leaked in the first place. And the further leak that, you know, was circulating on social media is allegedly, you know, from a player who was in the camp as, you know, and, you know, sending a voice note round your mates on WhatsApp, knowing what's going, you know, you must know it's going to get forward hundreds of times. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that the leak has come from in camp also would indicate that there's a lot of unrest. And it was, I was reading the Mark Palmer things in the, you know, piece in the Times, and he was saying, you know, Gregor Townsend is not well liked within the Scotland setup. Now you don't have to be, you don't have to be liked as a manager. In fact, it's not necessarily a great attribute and not something you really need to aspire to. But I think if you, if you need to have the respect, and that's what I wonder. I wonder whether or not it's one thing not liking or getting on with your coach or your manager. But it's another thing, Craig, not to respect your coach. And that's what this kind of smacks of a little bit. Yeah, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and and, and, I, and, and this is, this is you know, people have been talking, well, in fact, you know, it's your captain's, your captain's gone out and done this. He's meant to be leading the, the, the team and leading the group and setting examples. You're then your vice captain, your second in command. Sorry, I take that back because I think it was Grant Kilchrist who was vice captain. But if you're talking about when you speak about just before the, the the tournament, when we're talking about if Stuart Hogg finishes up as captain, who would be the next captain? Ali Price comes into the conversation, and he's out on the he's out. You know whether it's a confusion or whatever it is, um, he's out doing this as well. So I think it just it. it, it the, the lack of respect, not never never mind the coaches, never mind the staff at the SRU. The lack of respect to the Scotland fans, I think, is quite dramatic. And I think, um, you know, if, if, if I was, and I think we talked about it actually at the live pod, if it was me, I would have, I, he wouldn't have played. Our captain wouldn't have played. Yeah, then comes down to, and obviously we'll touch again, we'll mention again the conundrum regarding selection. Admittedly, this time round, Hastings was in camp, so there was the option to say, do you know what, let's drop, drop Finn, let's drop Hogg, let's drop Price, let's do it properly. If you're going to say discipline, Put it this way, the only person who it looked like had been punished was Finn Russell by being dropped to the bench. But again, there was an expectation that that potentially could have happened anyway. So it can, you kind of come out of it going, well, you know, you've let all these guys play. You've put put Hogg up against the press. He's behaved terribly. What what have you actually achieved as a manager? What What outcome have you got? You got scuffed. You then talked about the usual nonsense that we hear every single time about we're learning, building blocks, blah, blah, blah. We'll take the lessons. We'll do this. We'll do that. We played well. This was our best performance of the tournament. Well, we got gubbed against a team that are in our World Cup group. And if they hadn't been, you know, we, we all watched the game. I've watched the game back. We were grimly hanging on for quite a lot of that game. And if Ireland had... 5% 5% more accuracy like they would normally have, it could have been 50 points. So to say that that was our best performance of the tournament, well, that's just saying how far behind we are against the second seed in our World Cup group with a year to go. Yeah. Crazy. Johnny, Johnny McGinty's joined us. Good evening, Johnny. Hello. Hello. Good evening. We've um, we've we've already covered the fact that you um, 
you know, you snitched on Craig during the live pod to you know, for, a, a, a mate of, for when he when he when he held his pint in the wrong hand. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody was someone was going to spot it, weren't they? So, well, speaking of losing respect for people, that's that's my teammate um, and my <laughs> captain, by the way. Teammate <laughs> and my captain. Yeah, and, it's, and it, as as a teammate and captain, it's my duty when I catch someone drinking with the wrong hand, like you're doing right now, to point it out. Or is his camera making it look like he's backwards just now? Yeah, it's backwards, that's what it is, you know. Unfortunately, yeah, the Gilbert ball behind me is, is spelt correctly, but anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, so, so speaking of losing respect for people, Johnny, um, the, uh, is, is the, can Gregor Townsend come back from this? That's the big question, because like it's it felt like before they kind of you know all came out of the being out on the lash it felt like well oh, i don't know we'll have the game against him we'll probably lose and he'll have another chance to regroup but this this feels like there's something else going on here other than just it's taking time for the new attack coach and defense coach to gel together yeah and it's the fact that it keeps happening you know we had the big blowout with him and Finn in the 38 all Calcutta Cup game where allegedly at halftime Finn used some quite industrial language and said, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it this this half. Then we had it with him and Finn again when he had his extra beer and he got sent home and, well, didn't get sent home, got, got in trouble and then chose to go home. And it's now happening again. He's obviously just, there's just something going on where he hasn't, he hasn't got full control of the team and he hasn't got full control of his star players. And the more often it happens, the less likely he is to survive. I think. Yeah, I mean, where is Stuart Hogg? Is Stuart Hogg lost the captaincy in your mind, John? Because he has for me. I don't. I don't see there's a way back for Stuart Hogg now. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it prior to it all coming out. Anyway, that actually again we continue to question Hogg's leadership, um, and I think like so without the incident. I think he should lose the captaincy anyway, because I think like he's been struggling with it. He's not been, he's not. It's not made him a better player. Far from it. It's made him a significantly poorer player. So, I, I think there is an element of he should lose it anyway. But then, this this is like you know your full exclamation mark, multiple dots, and making sure we've crossed all those T's. He, he, he should he should have it, and it should be. The frustration is we're now well for those those of you listening. This is Wednesday night. Um, obviously, they would take time to just have a bit of a debrief afterwards. But I think, like for me, with everything that went on, it should have happened Monday morning. Like if we if we were in the same position and that had happened in our jobs, we would be getting spoken to on the Monday morning. Yeah. So and this is and, and this is it. This is it, isn't it? Now because there's an opportunity, I suppose, Craig that. Well, the next run out for Scotland is the summer tour, so there's a convenient thing of, oh, we're going to rest Finn and Hoggy anyway because it's the summer tour to Argentina and try and blood some new players and try and sweep it all under the carpet to the autumn. But that's just, I mean, it's just kicking the ball into the long grass, really. Yeah, because, well, they were going to do that last year, weren't they? They were going to bring all these new players in to try and blood them for the for the um, the World Cup and give them international rugby, etc., and give all the guys that are away in the Lions tour some time and all this, that and the other. Um, to go back to an original one of your points just before, um, I find it really difficult to say that Tooney has to manage his star players 
Because as far as I'm concerned, they're being paid a hell of a lot of money by the SRU to do their job. Um, and yes, you have you have Tooney's, Tooney and his team around there are are there to sell the message and to and to ensure that these guys are playing in a certain way that they want them to. But I'm sorry, but I don't see Gregor Townsend should be phoning up Stuart Hogg while he's out in the piss and saying, "You better get your arse back to back here, or you know you're going to be dropped or whatever." That's you know. Stuart Hogg shouldn't be out on the piss in the first place because he set the he set the rules up. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with you guys. The captaincy side of things, it's, it, well, in my opinion, he shouldn't have been playing against Ireland in the first place. Captaincy stripped, and then thanks very much because there are players out there who have done far less and have had the captaincy taken off them. So, um, I, 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 you know, I'm, I think it's, I think. As far as I'm concerned, we've got profession. If I had done what uh, those guys have done in my job, I would have been fired by now. Um, there's an interesting, so, there's, I yeah. suppose there's an interesting question though, and I think this is this this kind of goes to the heart of the problem. I think there is within the Scotland setup about the control that Gregor Townsend has and maybe expects to have over the players. What constitutes in work time? Just mean you, you admittedly you're away with the national squad, but is it too much to say on the day you know the day they get back from Italy they've got plenty of prep time ahead of them. They're away from their homes and their families. What's if I was if I were, if I was away for work and I wanted to have a pint in the hotel at night, I'd have a pint in the hotel at night, and I wouldn't expect my boss to say anything yeah. about it because it's my it's my time. And I think that's the I know they're elite athletes and slightly different. I, I just I guess. Maybe if they feel like they the, the there's too much control being exerted over them, and they don't feel they've got a way of voicing that, there's a problem. And I, I think it's fifty fifty. I don't. I wouldn't. I'm not siding with the players or Gregor Townsend, but I, I can I can see why Gregor Townsend would be annoyed at them breaching team protocol. But I can see why if the team protocol is a load of bobbins and you disagree with it, but you've got no way of raising the grievance, you'd go out on the lash. Yeah, but they're, they're but they're grown men, yeah. and it's like you know, and as as you know, they've got tongues in their heads. They are supposed to, you know, I I'd be very very surprised if they don't aren't asked by Tony to set up their own um, their own uh, rules and regulations before the uh, before a camp starts, so that they can you know they know they, because you involve these. As a as a team, you involve the team in setting the rules because you then get you then confirm that you're going to get full full everyone sticking to it. I think the other thing though, and, and this is one thing I will say, and I, I'm not just attacking the players and just saying it's all their fault. From what I've I've picked up little bits and pieces, and and they may be completely wrong, but I believe they were told that there was going to be some beers on the plane home. And there was going to be some bits and pieces happening for them, and it didn't materialise, and that's why they've decided to go out on or whatever they've decided. To, you know, you said that it was Ali Fraser's fiftieth, and they and they um and they decided to go and celebrate it properly. Now, that is part of a team bonding thing. I I would have made sure that would happen as a coach because you want you know I'm not trying to be everyone's friend, but I'm actually you know wanting to say to the guys, well, you did it, you did well today, you won today. You know, it was Ali Price's fiftieth. Let's have some beers together. Let's be, let's bond as a team. So I can see the I can see what's going on in the background. My problem is the fact that, the, you know, protocols were set. 
they didn't get what they wanted, so they thought they said, "Well, screw it, we're going to do it ourselves." And that I feel is just a lack of respect, a to the to the staff, b to the SRU, and but the main thing is to the fans because if they go out and do what they want, then when it's quite obvious, um, one of the one of the players involved had decided to do what he wants on the pitch himself as well, and it costs us points. So it's yeah. a it's a difficult thing. I think that's it. And the, the problem a, is, sense, yeah, you know, I was going to say that, Joe. There is a sense that the it's, it was hard to tell with with Scotland during this tournament. I think, and and this was we spoke about this pretty much every week. Is we, could, we couldn't see what Scotland were trying to do in attack or defence, and that's a major problem. And I think that probably goes to the heart of what I, I guess this 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 incident is a, a kind of microcosm of wider problems within the squad. That if the players don't know what they're supposed to be doing on the pitch, they can't execute it. They looked confused at times. There is the I'm just going to do it myself attitude. And again, as Craig said, that costs the weekend when Hogg didn't pass a clear pass. So that that to me is almost I, I'm not sure that's all, that that's something that can be solved easily. No, I don't think so. Um and I, I think it's a bit frustrating because we have had times where you see Scotland clicking an attack and and look absolutely terrifying. But now that just seems to all have disappeared and and nobody's on the same page. Players who we're relying on are, are I think, get, get the feeling that they're being relied on, and so then they start to push things that maybe aren't on, and it, it crumbles from there. And I've said it about Hoggy before, the, the problem with Hoggy is that if he tries to force something and it doesn't happen... He gets more and more frustrated and he tries to force more and more and then less and less is happening for him. And it's just, you can see that frustration. Yeah. It's... And then, and then John, Wales lost to Italy this weekend. And so that makes us at home. And somehow that makes us losing to, to Wales at home even worse. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because I said at the time, and obviously we've got a couple of Welsh boys who tune into this, but I said after the Wales game that that was one of Scotland's worst results of recent times and that actually it was a massive step backwards because that Welsh team are poor. And we defended it at the time by saying, oh, but the Millennium Stadium, Principality Stadium factor, you know, it... It's it's the sixteenth man, blah 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 blah. Italy showed just how poor that Wales team are because Italy are not great. Let's be honest, and they took that Wales team to the cleaners. I should have won more comfortably. They're the best of the game by a long way, and yeah, it does. It puts in. We can talk. We can talk around everything, like you know. We'll obviously we try to analyse things. We look at things objectively. We try to figure out what players are trying to do, what coaches are trying to do. Ultimately, back to the key point: results-based business. Scotland's results have not been good enough. There is no clear plan. There's no coherent attack. There's defence has been extremely porous. We are ill-disciplined, on and off the park. We are nowhere near as good as we think we are. And this is the outcome. And Italy beating Wales put that in a absolute stark contrast. That was obviously the biggest game. You know, Italy are always kind of scrabbling around for victories. If we're not careful, we are going to be back there 
couple of years from now, easily, because that's how poor we're playing this season. And it's strange because we've got. I, I don't understand how we can go from having the meanest defense in the Six Nations to having the second worst defense in the Six Nations after Italy. Um, you know, it's, you know, look at the final table, and it's you know we shift 120. We've, we've conceded 121 points, and the next uh, what you know the next one after us are Wales on 104. Yeah, yeah. it's. And again, it's not. It has to be systems because you know. The, to be fair, I think the the forwards have probably had an all right Six Nations for Scotland. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, you know um, all the stats that have been going around have shown our forwards to be um, in a, very, a pretty good place at this moment in time. Um, even our, our line-out even operated against Ireland, you know, um, and, and, and worked quite well when we had line-outs. Um, the, uh, I don't know whether uh, whether either um, Chris Harris has lost his touch or people aren't listening to him. Uh, you know, he's a defensive leader, and I don't know if people aren't listening to him. Obviously, he got taken off when he was uh, against France, and the the the, the um, with the head injury, and um, the defence went to pieces after that. It seemed to be working okay up until that point. Um, the other question, the other thing we have, uh, you know, um, is that we seem to in attack. We seem to have a fairly good. Middle period, you know, when we're in when we're in the midsection of the field, we can move quite far forward. But when it gets to the twenty-two, that's when we seem to lose our edge. And and there's only one team that's actually um, that's actually benefiting from Scotland's demise, and that's Edinburgh Rugby because it's Mike Blair that's moved on, and it's, it's that's where the issues have that's that's where the attack issues have gone. Um, because it seems to have, we've stumbled ever since. And if you look at the way that the players have responded to Mike Blair in the Edinburgh camp, um, is Mike Blair the guy? Was Mike Blair the link between the players and Tooney? Um, and was he the was he the guy that put the put the arm round Finn Russell and says, "Didn't he listen to him about that? It'll be fine. Let's just do this." And 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 tell him that it's his, it's uh, you know I don't know, and, and tell him it's his, it's his plan, but actually it's ours. You know, there's all these different things that could belong. I, I really do think that he's been the, he's the link, the link man that has gone, um, and he's the attack coach that 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 we need. Um, so it's a, a really difficult one. It's a really you think difficult about one. it as well. Blair played played at both Glasgow and Edinburgh, spent time yeah. around both clubs, is well known around both clubs, has knows all of these players. So I think you're absolutely right. He's an intelligent guy as well. Slightly different personality to Gregor Townsend. Slightly less abrasive is the wrong word. Like Blair, well, you can see he's, quite... he's very dry. He's got a very dry sense of humour. Yeah. yeah. Because you hear him on the podcast and stuff. He's just, yeah. He He's a very much kind of, you get what you get with, you, you know, he's quite honest, I think, in the yeah. way he kind of comes across on podcasts, you know, the corporate ones. Yeah. I think so you say you're going to give him back for the good of country, then, Craig? Well, I'm not at that point just yet. Um, you might not have a choice quite soon, pal. Well, the thing is, I, I, I honestly don't. I honestly, if we're going to ask the question right now, um, I honestly don't think it's time to replace him. Um, I think we need to go to the World Cup. But 
Um, because I honestly don't think I think it's a um I I feel that you know we're we're talking about little a couple of bits and pieces about how do we stop Hoggy doing what he's doing, how do we stop Finn doing what they're doing? Well we drop them. And we deal you know, Ireland was a dead rubber for us. It really wasn't a a, a huge a, a massive game for us because everybody everybody that was talking on online, everyone that was talking about the game thought we were going to get beat. So take that opportunity to drop them and say, go and lick your wounds and, 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 and then come back after the summer and, 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 and see if you've really got the fire in your belly still. Exeter did it, you know? And so... It's not helped him, though, Exeter. He's not exactly been, like, particularly well, he, the last wee while. He's been, he's been absolutely honking. I think he came back is- and came back well, but then he's kind of gone off the boil again. The problem, Sorry, I've, got with, the problem, the problem I've got with the summer tour is it's a summer tour... I think unless you are going to take, I think if you if if he's going to take the likes of Hamish Watson and he's going to take Ali Price, if he's going to take a proper squad of senior players away on tour and drop Hogg and Finn, for example, fine, because I think that sends a message. Yeah, I don't think it sends a message doing what I think will probably happen, which is saying you're not coming on summer tour, but I'm, I wouldn't have taken you anyway, Johnny. Which is kind of what I think we would have expected to happen over the summer anyway. Yeah. And I actually think this year, because of the way things have fallen and because there wasn't a tour last year and stuff, that actually there are some senior players who might benefit from going on this tour. So we might see this being different to what our summer tours traditionally look like. And then we might see the fact that Finn and Hoggy are there as being a bit more of a statement than it normally would be. Um, but it, it does... I I wouldn't have expected them to have been going on this tour no matter what happened. So it's not exactly a punishment for them to for them to not go. Yeah. If any of our lines are on that summer tour, that's a mistake. Yeah. We're a, we're a year out from a World Cup. We've got guys who've literally played a full year of rugby by the time that tour comes round. They've not had a break. If you take Stuart Hogg, you take Finn Russell, you take any of those Lions players on that tour, it is gross mismanagement. But it does remove the possibility of a sanction. So mm. it's a rock and hard place. He can't. He would have to come out and say, "I'm dropping you." And it's not because you're a lion. It's because you are one of the the, the beer the beer the beer hound six. What are we are we bringing back the Tuesday clock then, John? <laughs> I mean, someone's worked hard on this. So yes, of course we are. Insight, foresight, more sight. The clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight. That's the new uh, Tuesday clock jingle there. Um... <laughs> the other thing that's like that's literally just occurred to me is if we're talking about not sanctioning them for the summer tour, then the next thing that comes along becomes sanctioning them for the autumn tests. Yeah. Now, what happens then when Tooney says he's sanctioning them for the autumn tests and somebody from upstairs comes out and says, listen, mate, we need to sell out Murrayfield four times right. in, in autumn. Uh, and if you're not playing Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg, there's a very good chance that we're not going to sell it out four times. So actually, no, you're not going to drop them. And then you're not going to drop them for a Six Nations because again, yeah. it's a results-based game. I think I would just I would go right back to Craig's point, and actually, it's leading back into the Tuesday clock. I so obviously I was a big advocate advocate for the Tuesday clock first time round. I think it's his time. I genuinely think, and do you know what? There's precedent there. If we don't fire Gregor Townsend now, right, 
and he's got lots of money in the bank with regards to this, but I think there's coaches that would fit quite well into Scotland's setup just now who would bring fresh, fresh perspective. If we don't fire him now, we write off the World Cup, right? So that we're literally just writing off 18 months of rugby for me because you don't pull out that escape act twice. I don't think there's a way back here. Um, looking at the schedule, you know, we've got 11 games from now to the World Cup. 11 games. I don't think Townsend is going to be able to get what he needs out of those senior players in that 11 games because I think the respect's gone. And he, to use the old soccer uh, phrase, I think he has lost the dressing room. I think it's gone. And, you know, every coach has got a shelf life. No coach has ever coached in infinitum. So he's gone. It's it's time. So Mike Blair, who, Dan McFarlane. Uh, well, that's just, how I was going to say who. I mean, well, Dan Wilson. <laughs> Battering, feel free. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> you've got a prospect of Jim. You see, the, the the this is the this is the issue I have. Is that I completely agree with what you've said, John. And I don't have a problem with Jets in a coach this far up from World Cup. I mean, yep. South Africa did South it Africa with Razi. Yep. When Razi, I'm not saying Scotland are going to get a coach in and win the World Cup, but they did it and they turned it around quite quick. You, a good coach will come in. We, we've got Lieberman. the. Pl- we we're not asking a, it's not a case of a coach having to come in and and build from scratch like someone like say like Vern Cotter had to do. Yeah. We've got the squad we've got a good core squad there. You're asking someone to come in and get that squad to play its best rugby. The problem the, the thing that worries me though is who? Because it's too early for Mike Blair. It's certainly too early for Pete Horn. Mm-hmm. The Dan McFarland from Ulster is an option, but he's, co- I mean, he's done a good job at Ulster, but he's, not, he, what did he, call he, he was for former Scotland, was he for? It would be a similar progression to what Townsend done. And yeah. He, he was a specialist coach with Scottish national setup. He went to Glasgow. He's now been head coach at Ulster for quite some time. He is tearing yeah. up trees there, to be fair. And he turned, and to be fair, he turned Ulster on quite, quite quickly. Very quickly. Like he's a great man manager. The Glasgow guys talk so highly about the impact he had at the club. Um he's got a relationship with the SRU. I I just like that was the name I was reading earlier on because again I was thinking, you know, who 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 is the option? Like who do you go for? And it's almost like Townsend was the best of the worst options. But then that name popped up and it was like, Do you know what? No. If you if they could attract him away from the IRFU just now um, they should do it. They should do it tomorrow. What's your take on Johnny? Well, see how we're in Argentina in the summer anyway. Can not just put a bag over Michael Checker's head and drag him on the plane? That's almost as bad as the suggestion of getting Scott Johnson back. <laughs> uh, Ma- Michael Checker makes a difference to a team for, for a year a or short, two. short period, yep. You'd be looking yeah. at a guy to come in, have an immediate impact for the World Cup, do a season, and then I move know. on. I know what would have a have a, a major effect on the, uh, on the team with the World Cup, and that's getting you know putting these boys out to pasture for a little while and bringing some youth through. We've got Adam Hastings there, who everyone has moaned and groaned, saying that he's wonderful <laughs> and he's this and that and the other. You've then got Blair, Blair Kinghorn behind him. You've got Blair Kinghorn that could go to fifteen. You've got um, uh, you know several players that could come in. Kyle, uh, Kyle, what's it? Is it Kyle Rowe? 
um, who plays who can play 15 as well. You've got all these players that can come in. Ali Price, you can put him out to parts. We've got George Horn, we've got Ben Velicott, we've got Ben White. There's, there's a you've got plenty. I don't, we've got the players, but I just don't necessarily know. And we've talked about some of those players before, Craig. I'm not necessarily sure that Townsend's getting the best out of them. Yeah, that, that may be true, but we're talking about here currently, we're talking about getting rid of a coach who has the highest win percentage of most of the Scotland coaches that I've known. Um, and he's done a very, very good job over over a, a large t- period of time with the Scotland squad. And we're getting rid of him because um, six players in the Scotland team, A, think they're better than a lot of people, and B, decide to go out on the piss and, and say, no, screw your not, rules. But it's not that, is, is it? Because it's been a poor... I think it's just that that points to deeper problems in the squad. And that has to rest with the manager or the coach in this case. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think that's just a symptom of a lot of other things that go on. I don't think that's the reason to get rid of them. I mean, the fact oh, is shipping, tw- shipping, you know, shipping the twenty-two points against Italy with some absolute criminal defending. Even the even the the, the Ireland game, that Josh Josh Van der Fleer try, Johnny Gray was way out of the line. I don't even know. He'd just gone for a walk. I don't know where he was off to. We left a massive hole in the defence. They just don't look like they know what they're supposed to be doing or where they're supposed to be, and that's the worry for me. And if it's whether it's on the park or what you know where I'm supposed to be in the park or whether I'm supposed to be in a pub or not, it's the, it's the same. It's the same issue, and it's been the same issue since. Well, probably since the England game, really, because as much as we all like, oh, that was brilliant backs against the wall stuff. We'll probably look at where England ended up. Actually, we were probably just yeah lucky. In fact, we relied on a penalty try to have to beat them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Don't get me wrong. I'm 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 just as disappointed with 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 what's going on. I'm not sitting here putting my flag in the ground saying I'm I'm Tooney's biggest fan. Um, in fact, when I'd had quite a few beers in me, I don't think I, I was very many people's fan within the Scotland squad. But um, <laughs> I think it's I think. We're just at this point of um, we're looking at moving quite quickly on something that's been that's that may have been brewing for some time, but I think it's fixable. Um, and I think throwing we're maybe looking at throwing the baby out with the bathwater right at this moment in time. I think yeah. had it just been Finn Russell, or had it just been a player or two players or a couple of junior members of the team or whatever doing what they done. I think that you could then speak to, well, Finn's had issues before or these players, they've not been in camp all that often. They maybe just didn't know the rules or, you know, they've obviously chosen to disrespect the team. They've not got that relationship. You know, the fact is, Stuart Hogg and Townsend have worked together for years. You know, you're talking, well, the whole of Stuart Hogg's professional career, they've worked together. To be able to disrespect someone who is your boss, you know, he, he is the boss, to be able to turn around to them and say, do you know what, nah, I don't really agree with you. I'm just going to do what I want. Wasn't, wasn't he one of the players who was involved in the two-beer rule that kicked yeah, off when, he, when Finn got zero last time? He was one of the so, leadership group who apparently implemented this rule as well, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's 
really difficult. And I, I, I take your point, Craig. I think you're absolutely right. We shouldn't be necessarily throwing the baby out of the bathwater. I completely take that. But my point is, every coach has a shelf life. And there does come a point where change is required. Now, unfortunately, that might be a year out from a World Cup, ala South Africa. It may also be that we go to a World Cup with Townsend. We manage to get our group. We 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 get, you know, a quarter final. We lose the quarter final in a tight game or whatever. I still think it's time for him to go. I think your your shelf life as a coach with this group of players, having literally worked with them all. You know, the guys that are in that team now, the leaders there, he's been with them at Glasgow. He's been with some of them, like when he was attack coach at Scotland as well, just from a, you know, they were kind of on the periphery of the squad. He's literally coached these guys his whole career. I think that's too much. And you need a fresh a fresh perspective, a fresh... We, we look stale. That's it. And for me, we look stale. We look bored of what we're doing. And with that comes that lack of organisation, that lack of control, and just lack of innovation, which has been the hallmark of Townsend's era. And it's it's time. It's gone. Well, look, last time we did the Tuesday clock, he turned it round and we became amazing for about a period of 18 months. So who knows? We might have the same exactly. We are challenging him to do this. <laughs> we, I would love nothing more, but I just don't think we've got two escape acts in us. Let's let's have some right. I want, get, I want you all give me a positive each from from the Six Nations from a Scottish perspective, if you can, John. Oh, coming to me first. Um, I know, I'm putting you under pressure. Um, yeah, so Rory Darge uh, making making his debut, um, more than deserved. Um, the guy I feel most sorry for is Tom Gordon and all this, because Tom Gordon has been tearing up trees at Glasgow, and then he's kind of. He got the opportunity to kind of come in as first choice seven, but Rory Darge signed, and it's like, oh yeah, so he's a generational talent, three years younger younger than you, and yeah, unlucky mate. Uh, but Darge coming, getting his cap, brilliant. Um, I think he was a standout again in the couple of games he's played for Scotland. Um, looks manner born, brilliant. Can't wait to see him in the back row with a vast array of, of different people. I think you've also got a talent over at Edinburgh who, if Darge can continue to play six, the future is bright. Because um, if you get Connor Boyle at seven and Darge at six, that is magnificent. Well, you could take uh, Embro take uh, Tom Gordon of Glasgow, didn't want them. <laughs> so normal. We've, 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 we've got enough back to work. Thank you very much. I'm still reeling from the uh, the, the taking Henry Pergos. <laughs> Craig, positive from you. Um, for me, uh, uh, in general, the forwards. Um, uh, we've 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 got a strong forward pack. They're providing uh, and and no matter you know out of the six nations, what I would take is that our forwards have been providing. Very, very good platforms um, for 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 the ball, you know. So our lineouts, our scrummages have been very, very good. Um, there's the, the, our 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 ruck defence seems pretty good as well. I'm quite happy with it when when we're involved in it. Um, the greatest showman has to be stood up there and 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 um, and pointed to as well. He's been a revelation throughout the Six Nations. Um, so yeah, our forwards have been good. Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, uh, Rory Darge was my first thought. Uh, and then the forwards were my second thought because I've said for years that I don't think Scotland have got abrasiveness in the forwards. And that is one thing that does seem to be coming through with the likes of Darge. 
Um, but I'll, I guess I'll stick to my own area. Um, Darcy Graham was back to what we know. Yeah, come on, Darcy Graham, Darcy absolutely. Yeah. He he was phenomenal. Um, just breaking team protocols the way he breaks tackles. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, John. Well, funnily, funnily enough, he's 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 he's, he's, uh, he's sidestepped quite a lot of the the uh, the flack for it as well. It seems to be going no, he was he was brilliant and brilliant in in almost every facet as well. Made made loads of tackles. He was he was eighty something percent tackle completion, which for an outside back is pretty good. Um, gave away very little penalties, very few turnovers, which you can't say about anybody else who played in the back three. I don't think at all this tournament, and was just yeah, he was great. I hope he keeps it up. Yeah, good. All in terms of them. Sorry, I, I just, no, I just have to say this on, 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 on open mic because uh, Hamish Watson now has not missed a tackle in three Six Nations. That's right, yeah. yeah. He's about... 70, he was 70 from 70. Yeah, 353, 353 since he last missed one. Yeah. Ridiculous. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, okay, well, it's nice to end on a positive anyway. Um we listen. We we'll be back tomorrow, and obviously they'll be back next week. We'll be back tomorrow with our um, TikTok Six Nations preview. Um, be the normal roster plus a special guest. We'll be back next week um, with the normal podcast. We'll have a review of the Calcutta Cup game, um, for the women's game. Is the Calcutta? Did they play the Calcutta Cup? Was it a different different name? The trophy? I, I think it's a different name. I'd have to. All Is it? Long... Anyway, the England Scotland game. We'll review the England Scotland game. We'll look. I'll, I'll, I'll work it out for tomorrow when I'm doing the TV pod. We'll have to. <laughs> should know these things really. Um, so yes, we'll be back for that. If you are watching live as a patron, if you hang around, uh, we'll be back with the um, with the bonus episode. If you are a patron, then you can hear it as a separate download. Um, for the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny, Craig, and John. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I'll, I'll bring in Stuart shortly. Mobile disco here. Yeah. Tonight. <coughs> Hi everyone. Um, we're good to go for Stuart Hogg's post-match press conference. Uh, Hi Stuart. Um, can you put your finger on what yeah, happened I'm, in that I'm game? I'm a meter. I'm a meter. No, no, you're, you're all good. You're all, you, you can take it here. Sure. Can you hear me? Hi Stuart. Can you put your finger on, on what happened in that game where it slipped away? Um, yeah, we, we, we cost ourselves again. At times, I am on, I am on me. Can you hear Stuart, everyone? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 